straighten up. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Vibe Time with Jerry and Blog Talk Radio, and I uh, want to wish everybody a, I hope everybody's having a nice 4th of July today, um, cookouts and things like that. <laughs> we are doing Paranormal Roundtable, so first week of every month, we do what's called Paranormal Roundtable, for those of you that might be new tuning in, um, and we just talk about various subjects of paranormal controversy and other things sometimes. Right, Dennis? Right, John? Right, David? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anything controversial on here. I know. Not really. Why would you lie like that? I, I didn't lie. Some stuff is I mean, controversial. Just, Hold on. No, I mean, like Ouija board. Yeah, that, that was one. I still have my Jesus board. I, uh, I don't find much controversial anymore. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I find real, I find bullshit, and then I find what we talk about somewhere in the middle typically, and sometimes we'll go to the bullshit, we call it out. I mean, it's a simple concept. If you, uh, so, Do you guys remember what six, eight years ago, the big rage was everybody would post pictures and they would use the app and put the small child in it or the Civil War soldier, mm-hmm. a bullshit picture that you know had an app uh, attachment in the image. Yeah. We're starting to see a resurgence of that again. Yeah. You know, stop putting pictures out there that are bullshit that you know are bullshit. And for those that see it, don't like it. Don't go, oh, cool picture. If it's bullshit and you know it's bullshit, call it out. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a whole bunch, especially from this whole Gettysburg uh, Paracon they just had. Yeah. I, I, it amazes me how many people put pictures out there and go, this was what I captured. Do you see the man behind the tree or whatever else? And so many people look at it and go, oh, my God, I do see it. So take a moment. Don't look at it on your phone. That tiny little screen just isn't yeah. going to give you the full image. Look at it on your PC. If you think it might be legitimate, blow it up. Zoom in. Figure out whether it's pareidolia, which the mind is trained to see faces and to make logic of what it sees. 
Never look at a cloud and go, oh, look, it's Snoopy sitting on his house. Yep. That's pareidolia. That's the mind trying to make logic of what I see. And I'm getting tired of seeing all these pictures that are just blatant bullshit. And then people are going, oh, my God, I see it. Hello, Chris. It's there. Stop. Yeah. And, and, and on the reverse side of that, if you have a picture where you think is totally legit and somebody tries telling you it's not, don't get your panties in a bunch. Hey, Shayla. Happy 4th. Hey, Fredericksburg Paranormal Research and Investigation Team. Hey, Hey, brother. Hey, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to post an image online, prepare to validate why you think something paranormal. Here's the evidence. Here's the condition. Here's the information that you need to make a valid opinion on photograph. Right. Yeah. Don't say, you know, here it is. Don't even circle it in the picture. Make us look for it. Exactly. Exactly. The first thing that I always say if you have circled it in a picture is it's bullshit. Why? You have altered that photograph. Yeah. Even if all you did was put a little circle around the dude and go, here's what I see. Don't do it. Let me see it. But the minute you alter that picture, I'm done. Hi, Ronnie. (laughs) But only at night. Only in dark places. That's right. Only at dark places.
their staffing issues don't allow them the, the availability to have staff on site. And you're talking a major location. It's 424 acres. They have to have staff on site. So don't go all half-cocked on me going, oh, you think you're all high and mighty because you're the one that is the only one that investigates Pamplin. No, I'm not. I'm the only one that works with them to give them money. And my team and FPRI, uh, Middletown, my other teams that team up with me to help this location. So I've had people give me shit that, oh, I think I'm special because I get into Pamplin and they can't. That's not my fault, man. Blame the pandemic. Blame our government. Blame the economy. Blame whatever, but don't blame me. Right. Just, I had to bend. Hi, <laughs> Tyler. But, you know, it also, comes okay, down, buddy. it also comes down to reputation and being professional about it. Right. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, and, you know, and, and, and being respectful of the location and the history. Yeah. And, you know, so when I first started going to Henrikus Park probably 10 years ago, and even Pamplin, now, Pamplin, I was lucky because I had people that had been to Henrikus with me that um, they had family that volunteered at Pamplin, but they had been to events with me and my team. They knew the professionalism that we brought to the table. Right. So that was an end for me. That was an easy step. That was a, kind of a no-brainer. But it was still difficult to get them to go along with the idea of, let us come in, let us make money, let us do an investigation with the public and prove to you that this can make money. It was like pulling teeth from the back end of an elephant to get into Henricus that first time. And it cost me several hundred dollars because I had to pay the insurance and the, the event fees and all that bullshit rather than hold it back from their uh, donation. Right. So. You know, you have to build that reputation. You have to let locations know that your team is a serious team. They're not just going to open the door to a location with potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in artifacts and antiques to just Tom, Dick, or Harry that comes up and goes, I want to pay you $500 and, and investigate your place. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Right. Right. But people have come off on me because – I can't I can't call Pamplin and go, hey, you need to open the door and let so-and-so in. It doesn't work that way. I don't have that kind of pull. Right. I work with them on a volunteer basis. My team works with them. FPRI works with them. Covert, Middletown, RVA Paranormal. These are the folks that all get together, crop, obviously, and they do this just to benefit the park. So, yeah. I had to get that off my chest. You know, I still got to get up there. I know you do, and you're going to join us September 23rd, asshole. Yes, I will. I will be up there. And, Banchero, do me a huge favor, brother. You see that ugly bastard John Savage there on the bottom left corner? I want you to watch him like a hawk because I don't trust him real much. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Yankee. He's a Yankee. Hey, Ryan. On a true note, Bancho, he's one of them that I will take in with me and, and never question. 
not going to pull bullshit. I trust him dearly. The two at the top, I don't know. They hardly ever fucking show up, so. They got their own location to deal with. But, yeah, so, you know, September 23rd, we are doing Pamplin Park again. Chris, can you give me an update on numbers right quick? How many tickets have we sold? Um, so our ticket price is 60 bucks. It's 424 acres of battlefield. We're doing the main gallery. We're doing Tudor Hall, uh, the Boiseau family home. We're out on the actual breakthrough. You get to go where Captain Charles Gould broke through the lines and basically put the um, Confederates to surrender. Oh. I'm a little gaspy. <laughs> I, I had a huge fucking steak for So Hope and I decided we're going to take the bike and just go for a ride. Sorry. So about 50 miles away, I stopped at, I forgot the name, Dick's spaghetti and steakhouse or something out on 33. It was delicious. Um, you went my way and so didn't stop in and say hello? I didn't go that far out. Oh, okay. So a couple of weeks ago, we were at 15 tickets sold. So folks, step up and grab those tickets for September 23rd. And as well, um, thank you for posting that because I was trying to remember all my shit. Uh, tickets, 40 bucks Saturday, September 30th. That's at the cabin on 360. All of that money from that event, we're doing a seance with uh, Holly Mullins in Dallas. Uh, all of that money is what we're going to use for Veterans Day to buy the flags, which we need right at 700 flags for Evergreen East End uh, and Woodland Cemeteries. And for those that don't know, join us on Veterans Day weekend. Help us place flags to honor all these veterans that, you know, a lot of them, their headstones haven't seen the light of day in 30 years. And just recently right. they've started being uncovered. So look up the cabin on 360. I, I didn't mean to turn this into an advertisement show, but all this shit no, coming off. Do it. Do it. It's worth do it. it. Yeah. Do it. You yeah. can do it. Well, I might have to have two weekends of investigation. Pamplin and then on the uh, on my birthday on the 30th. Yeah. That would be a blast. Most definitely, brother. I look forward to having you at the cabin. John, you've been, have you been out there? To the cabin? Uh-huh. Yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, I thought you were it out was, there at least uh, once. I think it was on my 50th. Two years ago, year and a half. Yeah, it was it was on the anniversary date of um, her passing, of her murder. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a birthday present that my dad needed it. Yeah. That was a wild night. <laughs> Place is a little crazy, isn't it? Just Wasn't a, disappointed. Yeah. Just a little. So, yeah, let's see. So far, we've pissed off everybody that posts pictures and everybody that goes, oh, my God, that's a great picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll. And I'm, um, or, or, or don't forget, you got all the haunted baby dolls out there. There's nothing oh. wrong with haunted dolls. Oh, 
not every damn old doll is haunted. But I will tell you this. We have a couple at the cabin that have been known to move. Um, phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. And we also have an event July 15th at the cabin. See, this is... I need a calendar right up here on my wall where I can just write shit down because I forget everything. If I don't look at my phone, that's where it's all at. It's all on my phone. Yeah, yeah. And I don't look at it. You know, of course, if I had a calendar up here, the damn thing would be, you know, two months behind and nothing written in it. You know, I I totally get an object can be haunted as an, as an attachment, but when you go on to TikTok and Facebook and everything else, you have all these people saying, hey, I've got 13 haunted dolls, and they talk to each other. Yeah. Like, I can't hear them, but they do. Yeah. I can't hear them, but I know they do. You know, I that just cracks me up. And people just fall for it. They're like, hey, I'm selling this haunted doll. Three hundred dollars, she can be yours. Yeah, if the price is right. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, dog telepathy. Yeah. Telepathy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the telepathic doll. Of course, they could talk to each other. You know, Ronnie, you could take a day or two off here or there, bro. Just a thought. Oh yeah, I remember that, Ryan. You used to be able to buy imaginary friends on eBay. <laughs> I swear to God, you, you could do a search for imaginary friend, and somebody would have one for sale. Don't forget they have. Don't forget they have screen. ghost brides and grooms too. Remember that lady that married her spirit boyfriend? Oh yeah. Don't forget yeah. they had that. And then I still think the, the smartest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life had to be the dude that decided to start selling pet rocks. I was just thinking about that. I yeah. love those. Oh. Smart pet rock. Look, here's my pet rock. Huh? That reminds me. I should have set her up the moon the other night. No dolls. I knocked a few over this weekend at Bell Grove. On <laughs> it or not, they're always looking at me. Yeah. Don't run around in your skivvies and your birthday suit. The dolls won't be watching you. That's the cameras. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. Um, so we have one doll at the cabin named Caitlin. And Ryan had set it up, I don't know, it was probably a 12-inch tall cooler. We set it up against the front window. So she's leaned on the glass with her arm up. Looks like she's waving at people. So she is on a forward incantation against the window, uh, forward incline. Our lawn care dude, my buddy Graham, called me going, that fucking doll in the window. What? He's like, brand new lawnmower. I'm running across right in front, and all of a sudden she's right there in my face. He goes, I de-asked a $15,000 mower and smacked the building. <laughs> He's a cop. Hey, Amanda. Oh, Hi, Amanda. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not much.
much time. We have our paranormal vacation in November. Two nights, Wilson Castle. Two nights, Port William Henry. And finish at Wildwood. Sweet, brother. Sweet. I hope you guys enjoy that. And we'll definitely have to catch you at another event. 247 years of celebrating the 4th of July. I hope everyone has a safe and fun time. Well, thank you, Susan. Um, I, I hope everybody has had thus far a, a safe 4th and their weekend has been safe. Um, hey, Steve. Good evening. Have a 4th question. When doing residential cases, do you think it's a good idea to know the client's expectations on the investigation before accepting the case? Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. I mean, if their expectation is that they're going to be the next Travel Channel celebrity, then no, go don't take that. the case. Yeah. Um, if they expect that everything is going to be absolutely perfect and it'll feel light and airy like a springtime breeze, um, knowing their expectation is one thing and then making them think with a realistic expectation mm-hmm. is another. Yeah. You have to let them know that I may have to come back three, four, five times to do anything. Um, and that's if you are qualified to do a cleansing and blessing. If you're only there to document activity, uh, let them know that there may or may not be activity that I can document. I mean, sometimes you take your car to the dealership and it wants to make right-hand turns all on its own, but it doesn't do it for them. They, they can't fix what they can't discover. So I, I think... Uh, I think letting them know what a realistic expectation is is a good idea. And I think knowing what their expectations are is a good idea. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just, you know, I, I've done a shitload. So, Venturo um, says Amanda thinks Pamplin is up to 20 tickets sold. That would be awesome. Hi, Mama Savage. Happy Treason Day. How are you? I'm doing it. So, oh, I had it backwards. We can hear her. Oh, there you go. They can hear me. We can hear her just fine, John. You mind your business. She's doing it just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to love and leave you because I will go and see fireworks. So. All right, love you. Have a blessed time. Cheers. Love you, Bye.
when you're done investigating, what do we do? Walk through a smudge? I had a woman do that once before, and I just smiled and said, yeah, but she didn't even prop a door open. All I'm hearing is she just chased me around and pissed me off. Oh, and he's like, I don't know if she propped a door open. Well, it was kind of cold. It was January, so I doubt we had a door open. Like, good job. <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, don't right. do it. Right. Exactly. Seek somebody that's qualified. Yeah, that happened out here. There was a lady that needed that had some stuff going on, and this lady that thought she knew what she was doing went in there and um, cleansed the house. And she wasn't. She really didn't know what she was doing. She watches all the shows. She went in there, and it, and it increased a couple things. And I was like, "Well, you knew what you were doing. So I'm not coming out there." And I didn't. Out well, there doing that shit. I mean, I'll still, I will go behind somebody that does it. I got contacted by nah. a friend of mine. He says, hey, I've got a friend who's got activity in her house. And I started laughing going, well, no shit. Her backyard's a fucking battlefield. Mm-hmm. She's going to have activity. Of course, yeah. And he, he kind of goes, well, what? what, what? <laughs> when her whole backyard's a battlefield. Yeah, it turns out she backs up to Beaver Dam Creek Battlefield. Oh, oh interesting. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful old house, too, by the way. It's well, historical. Uh, but as soon as I walked into the house, I just stopped in my tracks, and I looked at it. was her and her college-age daughter and a couple of friends that had come by to see what was going on. I said, all right, so which one chased them around the house with Palo Santos? What? Mm-hmm. I said, one of you went through this house with Palo Santos, and I'm hearing them go, she just chased us around with smoking sticks. <laughs> <laughs> the college daughter was like, uh, that was, that was me. No, so you, you didn't open a door to let the smoke go and, and escort spirit out or anything? She's like, no. am I supposed to? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, and I related to this guy last night that, you know, if I break into your home, and you pull a weapon and tell me, get the F out, but all the doors automatically deadbolt. Now there's no exit for me. I can't do what you need me to do. There's no exit for me. Right. And he's like, well, that makes perfect sense. Right. There is so much underwhelming research done in this field. Everybody watched a show one time. And they walked through the house, and they had their shell, and, and they had their candle, and, 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 the, and their feather, and they're going, leave now, leave now, leave now. That's not how this shit works. Mm-hmm. No. The other thing that you don't see is 90% of everything that happened on camera that didn't make the episode because it wasn't worthy. No. Those things are for TV. TV is for entertainment. Entertainment brings revenue. Yeah. We don't. We do a shitload of work, um, and we don't get paid for it. And most of us don't have ratings. I got a one-star rating one time. They said I was an asshole. Yes. Perfect. So I, so I mean, basically, I got a, a chocolate star fish rating. Right? 
Yeah, I, I'd give you a five-star rating for being an asshole. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're a five-star asshole. <laughs> I am top-notch. Top-notch. Top-notch, yeah. Hey, Leslie, you're not late, sweetheart. We were early. It's all our fault. Dan, <laughs> yeah. got a question for you. By all means. When you're doing your remote viewing, and let's say there is something going on at the location you're does the spirit at that location know you're watching them? Well, I think Ryan can attest to this. Sometimes they not only know I'm looking in, they escort me through the property and give me a guided tour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it was the first time I did one with Ryan on the phone. Or with Ryan. Um, and Ryan, I'm talking about um, oh crap, plantation. I can't think. Belnimas. Uh, the first time I did it, I told them about Washington. I said I think he was like the head servant of the house, but he gave me a guided tour of the house. Uh, I told him about every spirit that was there, uh, where they were at, and other times. The spirits know I'm there. They know I've put my energy there. And they kind of stand off. They're a little more standoffish. But sometimes you'll get one that wants to step forward and go, I'm in charge here of this place. I'll lead you through. Don't tell about God damn it, Ronnie. You're not supposed to tell about my Dick Tracy spyglass. And you better not tell them about my green hornet ring either. <laughs> But it varies from location to location. It depends on the spirit that is there. Now, I have done remote views on locations where nothing interacted with me. It was just me seeing the location. Yep. Yeah, we're not real sure how that works. It's very peculiar. I don't even know how it works. I just know what I experience when I do it. Um, like we did one. I want to say this woman was in South Dakota. Her friend is in California or some shit. They weren't in the same state. But her friend reached out to Ryan and said, hey, my friend has got activity in her home. What you know, what can you do to help? So Ryan and I sat at my fire pit the following Saturday night and called this woman that's having the activity. And on the phone, I walked her through her house told her what activity, where it was at, um, what it looked like, everything. She was so freaked out. They didn't talk to Ryan for like two months. And then finally he gets a call from the friend. goes, well, how did your, how did your dude know so much about her house? She's like really freaked out now. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. Fucking ask me to do a remote, so I did. Don't get freaked when I do. It's like asking a magician to hide the pickle, and he hides a pickle, and now you're freaked out because he hit a pickle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It freaked him the hell out. I mean, this woman, and I even told her the square footage of her house. I'm like, wow, your place is huge. What do you got, like 5,000, 5,200 square feet? How the hell do you know that? I knew nothing. Ryan knew nothing about this woman, didn't know her name, location, just the state. And I probably more than a handful of houses in South Dakota, so I couldn't have just, you know, Google searched strange woman with activity in South Dakota. 
But it was, it's always fascinating when I'm on point. Um, sometimes it freaks me out. Sometimes it freaks Depending on the spirits that are there, like when I did Bell okay. he showed me what the house looked like when he was there. He was there pre-Civil War. Um, and then photographs validated what I described seeing, like the ice house, uh, a smoke building. Uh, I expressed it. I think it's possible for someone to pick up on their own residual energy in a home and mistake it for an actual haunting, meaning their own personal energy has been in, absorbed in home and resurfaces at different times. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Take it, John. <laughs> Take it, John. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I refuse. I answered the last one, fucker. <laughs> Which is so good. Keep going. Actually, I'm, I'm learning some stuff from you. Go ahead. No, you're not. I am. Teach the master. Teach me, master. <clears throat> All right. All right, young Jedi. All right, my Padawan. <laughs> Teach me, oh, wise one. But, yeah, I mean, all of us exude energy into a location, depending on, I mean, even this plaster and paint right beside me is going to absorb energy. If there's a traumatic experience or if I do the same thing repeatedly day after day after day after day, it's going to absorb into the environment. We all make an energy impression in the environment around us. Um, so you very well could pick up on your own activity in your own home. Um, you could pick up on the homeowner or client's activity in their own home when you come in to do an investigation because something's happening. Yep. And at those times, you ask them, is this your habit? This is what I got. Find out if it's their habit. Every day, they, they, they subconsciously stir their coffee and it makes this Well, then, you know, they're going to go, oh, I, I don't know, because they do it subconsciously. But now that you've made them aware of it, now they're going to think about it next time they make their coffee, and then they're going to realize, holy shit, I I tink the, the spoon off the cup exactly 12 times or whatever. So, yeah, we can all leave an energy imprint in our own location. You don't have to be dead to do it. Residual energy is energy left in a location from the living while they were there. And now they're dead and gone, but that activity still continues because it's a residual that's trapped into the fibers of the location. Papa Joe, Papa Savage. I couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> I'm sure you could. It would just have a dumbass Yankee accent. <laughs> yeah, you betcha, eh, there. <laughs> Just because I'm from Minnesota doesn't mean you have to keep picking on me. Yes, I do. All right, there, Sven. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the question, Steve. If you got any more, brother, throw them out there. Yeah, Leslie, that's, actually, that's actually a really good question. It, it is. It is. Because it took me a moment to... Why wouldn't we? And I, I love... That's one thing I used to love about, all right, so the five years that I did full-spectrum radio, 
uh, we always had questions coming in. And it was always a gave me a fresh perspective to look at things that I normally or hadn't looked at before. Yeah. And, you know, just like could we leave our own residual energy? Yeah, could we pick up on that? Yeah. You know, if, let's say Kevin on 360 is a prime example. I cannot tell you how many times I've done, hey, can you finish this? All right. And, you know, so how many times does it happen now that, you know, Spirit's not doing it, we're not doing it, but it's just being released back at us from no, the, the building itself? Here's another example. Um, let's say you had a, a couple that divorced, and they always say, you know, I, I had to, after my divorce, I had to sell the house because I could still feel his presence, my ex's presence, or I, I could still feel the memory. That's exactly what residue energy is. You're picking it up on a subconscious level. And you'd be amazed how many times where when someone says my house is haunted, but it's really that personal residue energy that they're picking up on, and they're thinking it's something haunted. I went to a house like that. A lady called wanted me to come out because she thought that she had some paranormal stuff going on. It wasn't. It was all the different energy that was in that house because they were fighting all the time. They ended up getting a divorce, but it was fights all the time, and yep. it wasn't paranormal. As soon as it was, as soon as it was cleared out and smudged, everything lifted. It was fine. It wasn't, yeah, they, it wasn't paranormal. Yeah, all the trauma that yeah, they were putting in the environment. Yeah. Was just stock. Yeah. Because I I try to tell people about their leave the little piece of their aura wherever you go. (laughs) Yeah, leave a piece of it. Or if you're mixing auras with people, you're bringing some some people's stuff back with you too. You mix them. You're mixing.
Holy shit. Fucking stupid for one. She's like, but I love this. This is so amazing. It's just gorgeous. When I die, I want to take it with me. Uh-oh. My monitor just went to sleep. Guess my camera is still working. There we go. But she's like, when I die, I want to take it with me. And I went, how about if when you die, it doesn't get sent with you, but you decide to stick around with it? She goes, oh, my God, I see what you mean. <laughs> but you could see the light bulb go off over her head. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at here. Yeah. yeah. But people don't think about those things. Mm-mm. Nope. Right. What are the hell is? There's power settings. My damn monitor going to sleep. Uh, I have to go into the control panel on the PC itself, I guess. But, yeah, so I mean, energy. Um, you guys were never around to see me do the explosion at Henrikus Park when I picked up the piece of driftwood that they had out there that is now at the cabin. Um, it was described as a war harp. And I had no clue of, well, I mean, I knew that energies could attach to things, but I had no clue of the energy that this item held. When a, when a millimeter picks up 10.2 milligauss from a piece of driftwood, there's an issue. When you reach out and you pick it up like this to move it, and your fingertips tingle like you've touched a battery, nine volt to your tongue, that's an issue. So the people that were with me that night got to see exactly what happens when a energy attaches itself to an item and leaves it and goes to you, because it jumped me. Um, I think pretty much everybody here and in chat has been to one event or another that I've presented. I'm an even kill dude. I love to have a good time. I love to laugh. Just easy going. This night after playing with that piece of driftwood, getting 10.2 milligauss off of it, I went back to the ordinary at uh, Henrikus. I'm trying to get everybody's attention. Ryan, if you're still in chat, you can validate this because I believe you were there. Um, I, I lost my shit. I picked that table up, I slammed it down, and it was mother after this, and blah, blah, I mean, just going off. They were talking, and I was trying to get my point across about our rotations and things. Um, Tara Street took me outside. She grabbed me by the elbow and goes, come on, Dennis, we need to go smoke a cigarette. I flicked my cigarette away, and I looked around and went, when did we come out here? What? What? When did we come out here? Oh, shit, we're late. we got to move. And she's like, you really don't remember coming out here? I'm like, no, when did we come out here? She's like, so you remember going off in the ordinary? What? I had no clue. John Harris, his next rotation was at the uh, admin building where that piece of driftwood was. Brand new Malmeter, he picked up zeros on that piece of driftwood. So, you know, not only is your home or surfaces able to pick up energy, items can too. So, yes, yeah, Steve, it doesn't have to be 
just the structure. It could be items in the structure. But that is a good question. Yeah. You've had a good point, Mr. Savage. That was a great question. Yeah, I haven't seen you. I haven't witnessed you doing any of that yet. Going off the deep end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that night, dude, when I had 40 paying guests there, and I just flipped shit. Bang that table. I mean, I picked that table up a foot, slammed it on the floor, and everything went dead silent. I went, if you fucking people aren't going to shut up and listen to me, why am I? I mean, just going off. Tara's like, come on, Dennis, we need to go smoke a cigarette. Okay. But I had no recollection of it. But that piece of driftwood is now at the cabin. This dude that, where it came from, he lived about 45 minutes away from Henrique Park over in Goochland County. He spent 300 I think it was like $342 or some shit to get it overnight, FedExed, to the park. Huh. He lives like 45-minute drive away. We're like, what the hell? That doesn't make any, any logic at all. Well, the staff absolutely hated this thing. They, they just said it exuded negative energy. They didn't want nothing to do with it. So they put it in this back stairway where it could be left alone. Either somebody just crashed a train in my backyard or somebody's got some really big fireworks. <laughs> I'm hoping it was fireworks because there's no trains near me. But, yeah, so, come on. Let's fill up the chat. Give me questions. Bring them on. Mr. Savage there is, is going to answer them all. <laughs> I'm assuming from the explosion on the screen comment there, Gene, you heard that in the background? Shit was loud. Yeah, there's something going off right outside my house right now. It's not time These are noise-canceling headphones, and I heard that one. Yeah. Holy crap. But, um, yes, Ronnie. <laughs> At least I'm in the AC. So here's Ronnie and I. Saturday, it's, what, 90 degrees out. We're sitting at Belgrove Plantation. He's got his big smoker going. He's smoking pork butts to do barbecue for their overnight event. What, three hours, Ronnie? Our two dumbasses sit outside. I don't know if the drip pan from the six pork butts dripped more or he and I dripped more. And about the time the others are starting to come back, because like John and Tyler had left to go to the store for something, and girls had left to go to other stores, I looked at him and went, you know, we're about some dumbasses. That building in there has air conditioning. It's nice and cool, and we're sitting out here in this heat. Five hours? Great. I thought we were stupid with three hours. Thanks for confirming it. I mean, we got into conversation. And he was bringing up points on the paranormal. We just got into a para chat. I heard that one. But then it was, you know, we were talking. He used to uh, bounce in bars, and so did I. So we talked about that. We just talked about all kinds of shit. But 
Yeah, it never occurred to us. Let's take our dumbasses inside in the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you show even the smartest people are dumb sometimes. I, I think it was just a matter that we both smoked. We were both wrapped up in the conversation in each other's company and didn't give a shit about the air conditioning. Hey, Mr. Steven. Hey, Mr. Steven, I forgot to send him that picture. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Wait, I call him a sexy son of a bitch, and you go, oh, that reminds me, i got to send him a picture. Yeah, I had what a picture. No, <laughs> it's not that kind of picture. <laughs> I found I, it's not that I, kind of picture. It, it must be the uh, paranormal only fans photo. No, no, no. John Stevens comes down to Urbana sometimes with his sister, and they had golf cart parades. And I actually took a picture of his mother underneath the tent, and I I Did found that you? picture. No, <laughs> I gotta send it to him. It hit. I, it popped up in my memories this morning. Damn it. I almost made it. I only had 11 minutes left, and everything was going fine. <laughs> well, look, I, I call John Stevens a sexy son of a bitch, and you go, oh, that reminds me. I it, well, it hit me, and then I got to send him that picture. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is it moist where you are? Oh, I hate that word. God. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Oh. Asshole. His voice. Very. (laughs) (laughs) Or savage is like mother. (laughs) Gene Wells fault. Gene Wells started that one. Yes. Gene Wells fault. No, no, no. We'll blame it on Gene. Moist. It's moist out. <laughs> yep, I hear Hoover abundance. Of, is there questions? Because I, I have to flip back and forth on this phone. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, okay. so that is yeah. Leslie put one up here. That explains when I rented a home in St. Stephen's. The man I rented from burned everything, furniture, etc., that belonged to his grandparents. The land and homes was over 100 years old. They believed what belonged to an individual belonged to them. When I asked him, did he help, need help selling them, they didn't know they needed to be burned. Yeah, I mean, he was probably just concerned that either A, their energy would be attached to it, or B, that was what was causing some activity, uh, or he just had a very rough relationship, I suppose, with his grandparents or whomever, and just wanted the shit burned. Um, you know, a lot of times a picture will hold energy or an attachment, and the best way to eliminate that is to burn the photograph and release the energy the spirit that is attached to that picture. Um, 
and Steve Weiss says, thanks guys, when it comes to residential cases, and a parent comes to you and says, my child has an imaginary friend that may not be so imaginary after all, what are some of the things you would recommend telling that child who doesn't understand why they're seeing this so-called imaginary friend? Well, hi, Angela. I, I think, I mean, first of all, when, when dealing with a kid, you know, you don't want to influence the kid saying, you know, what you're seeing is bad or evil or anything like that. But you also got to talk to the parents beforehand and see what they would allow the kid to understand. Right. Um, you know, I mean, if it's a very religious family, you know, say they're a hardcore Catholic, then telling the kid, you know, oh, there's something to be afraid of, think of them as uh, an extra friend, treat them with respect, that those parents won't go along with that. So you have to figure out what the deal is with the parents first and then go deal with the child. And then you also have to find out ahead of time what the kid is seeing. Exactly. You know, what, what is the haunting in relationship to the spirit and the kid? Is the kid afraid of the spirit? Is he being terrified, being tormented? Well, or it says, you know, it says imaginary friend. So I'm assuming. But what, uh, what classifies as an imaginary friend? A spirit guide? I mean, you know, a, a, a child can't really comprehend or distinguish between a spirit, a ghost, or guardian mm-hmm. angel. They just see it as an imaginary friend. Like, what, what was the name of that movie? Right Said Fred. No, not Right Said uh, Drop Dead Fred. You know, it's just spirit mm-hmm. who interacts with the kid. It could be take form as a child, or it could be someone who's a guardian of that child. Oops. What the competition so, began. What competition? The neighbors between this this house over here and this house back here, they they compete on fireworks, so you're gonna hear it in two different spots. The ceiling collapsed on me twice. So Angela, help me understand this just you had a ceiling that collapsed, and they put it back up, and it collapsed again, or part of it collapsed the first time, and then another part collapsed the second time. I'm confused, but I hope you're okay. Yeah, first and foremost, God, I hope it wasn't plaster and shit, because that's heavy as hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, along with the child issue, um, several and I do mean this several years ago, I got nailed for a DUI. I was stupid. I own it. Part of why I don't drink anymore. I got sent to a counselor because in Virginia, if you get a DUI, you have to go to VASAP, Virginia Alcohol Safety Awareness Program. Um, substance awareness or some, I don't know, it's bullshit. It's a, it's a money grab. Anyway, they sent me to an outside counselor. This outside counselor uh, you know, she's got this big doctorate on the wall, big uh, uh, masters on the wall in psychology and psychiatry and hundreds of books on the shelves. I just smiled and asked her, so let me ask you, with all this book knowledge and your degrees, if somebody tells you that they can see, hear, and talk to 
people that others can't see, hear, or talk to, what would be your first thought? It's just, well, my first thought would be some sort of psychosis, probably paranoid schizophrenia. Yeah. You don't, you don't see and talk to people, do you? And I said, well, let me just put it to you this way. Your aunt says she's very happy that you're the one that got her black pearl necklace and you keep it in the dark brown box on top of your dresser and you talk to it often and that you cherish it as much as she does because your sister wouldn't have and her jaw bounced. She's like, how do you know this? And I went, she's standing over your shoulder. So the, the aunt presented to me and told me this. And then I tell her about a little boy that she is counseling. He's 10 years old, has an imaginary friend. She didn't mention him, didn't mention this little boy. I simply started the conversation. I said, well, let me tell you, um, you have, I want to say he's probably 9, 10 years old. And for sake of anonymity, I'm going to say little Johnny. Um, he has an imaginary friend, Bobby. Um, don't meditate him. He doesn't need it. Bobby is real. He's a 12-year-old boy that died down the street in a car crash. And because of the proximity and age, he has sought out Johnny and just kind of hangs with him. But don't medicate him. And she's like, how the hell do you know any of this? And I said, Bobby's over in the corner, and he's telling me to look out for his little friend. So imaginary friend could just be that. It's an imaginary friend. Now, how would I go about dealing with the child? First, I would, just like you said, John and Dave, first I would find out what the child is seeing. Get the child to describe to you what they see. Oh, well, I see a, a little boy about my age. He's in you know, green shorts and a tank top, and he's really friendly, and we play Hot Wheels together. Okay, that's probably an imaginary friend. Versus, well, I see the little thing from the movie The Gremlins comes out of the closet over there, and at night he comes in and snarls at me. Then you got to fucking... <laughs> yeah. But find out first what the little boy sees, or little girl, whichever yeah. it is, what the child sees. Find out what the parents' take on spirit is. See how they react to it. If they're cool with him having a little spirit friend, there's really nothing to do. Let the little let the child understand that, you know, sometimes some people can see things that others can't. And I'm a firm believer that Small children can see spirits so much easier than adults because they haven't had it pushed into their head for so long. This doesn't exist. Ghosts aren't real. Spirits aren't real. Blah, blah, blah.
unmute myself off my phone. There we go. What is up, all you freaks out there? This is Ryan and Rhonda coming at you live on the 4th of July. How's it going? It's going good. It's funny you say that. Like, I just heard the first, like, neighborhood fireworks start going off. Yeah, it's good. They're going off over here, too. In the distance. <laughs> I was listening to um, – uh, to Jerry's show, and you can, Dennis was talking. You can hear the the booming in the uh, in the background. So it yeah, started. I'm in, Lake, I'm in Lakeside, so I don't know if the diamonds doing something, but we usually hear the diamond fireworks really loud here. So I'm sure live, they, all, they usually do. You used to live out in Lakeside, and you're right. You could definitely hear it. <laughs> to our viewer, holy crap! Nice, welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I, I realize that um, this is a very important day for people, and they're gone. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we know that it's obviously Alice in Wonderland Day, and all these fireworks I did not know that. are for Alice in Wonderland <laughs> Day. Uh, it's funny. People keep talking about Independence Day, whatever that is. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what they're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, I'm just here trying to celebrate Alice in Wonderland Day. But it's also, I know why it's called, it's Independence from Meat Day as well. So, Independence from Independence Meat? from Meat Day, which a lot of people are not celebrating tonight, because I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure there's ribs and hot dogs and yes. burgers and steaks all around. Yes, Some, <laughs> apparently these people did not get the memo that you're not supposed to be doing this. It's not dependence on meat day. It is independence on meat. So we gotta we gotta get these people people straight. Be like, guys, come on. Seriously. You're messing it up here. <laughs> For those veggie tray lovers. <laughs> yes. This this is their day to shine. And apparently they're being overshadowed by the uh by the people who don't know who don't know what they're doing. And uh today is a today is also um Sidewalk egg frying day, which would have been yeah, (laughs) yes, it was. I went out for a little bit today and it was miserable. Yeah, I did too. I tried to go out probably about ten thirty, quarter to eleven, and it was just miserable even at that point. I was like, oh my god, this is yesterday was really bad too. Makes me happy at the next major holiday. Besides Labor Day, it's Halloween. I think I'm right about that. Of course, we celebrate holidays yeah. every day on this show, but uh, the next major one. Like that. <laughs> I'm excited. The back, I saw back to school stuff and uh, the Dollar Tree today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back. because the kids all go back to school way earlier now than what we did. They do. I mean, they do. I started seeing yeah, back to school stuff. Weeks, maybe five weeks left, and they're back to school. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You know, but plus. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Part of it, I'm I think sure it's, it's really something. Cool. I know I have some friends who have autistic children who mm-hmm. say it's really cool because it doesn't break their routine. By going back like earlier or all the time, I, I mean, there was something said to have it all the way to Labor Day after Labor yeah. Day to have it your summer parade, you know? Yeah, because that, that was when you were a kid. You knew, okay, Labor Day, the day after Labor Day is when you go back to school. 
It's like clockwork. Yeah. Now it's like you got to get you got to get used to it. It'll be one of those things where it's yeah. like, you mean you have to wait till you have to wait all the way till Labor Day to go to school? It's gonna be you know it'll be something where they're just gonna have to get used to it. But after a while, it'll just be the same thing. We're like, oh man, I can't believe you know you got to wait till Labor Day to go to school now. You know, just like everything else, things change and then you get used to it. Yeah. Yep. You know, I used to have to sit there on the phone with a cord and just sit there and talk the whole time and not see the person's face. So, I mean. <laughs> and then we got, like, you know, Aaron Christine's and call waiting. Remember I know, call that, waiting was, that was high class, out? man. Aaron Christine's, you could, like, not actually have to next actually be there and, like, miss a phone call and know who called you. And you know, then call waiting. Yeah. You didn't know who was calling, but you didn't miss a call because you were on the phone. <laughs> exactly. You hear the beep, beep, and you, either you want to switch over or you keep talking. Yep, yep. Man. Well, back in art, I mean, I used to have my cable remote had had a cord to it. And I used to, I used to, have to push the button to go through channels <laughs> and stuff. Uh, a lot of change. I grew up way out in the country, so we didn't have, like, cable or any of that. Honestly, I left in my 20s. We still didn't have, like, cable. <laughs> did, you have, did you have indoor plumbing, though? That's the question. We did. Okay, We good. had indoor plumbing. We had the best parties going around because oh, we man. were out in the middle of nowhere. I would have so loved to have no party cable, with you. No Domino's delivery. None of that. Out in the country. Country yep. parties are the best parties. Yep. So everyone talks about how great summer is. And, uh. <laughs> Personally, I don't see it. Once I got done with summer vacation, it it was like, okay, the lore of summertime has escaped me because usually it's just sweating and bugs and nastiness and just being gross. <laughs> I hate to burst people's bubble here, but it kind of sucks. But there are some good parts of summertime. I'm not going to uh, you know, be a total negative Nelly. Um but one of the best parts about summer is the music associated with yeah. summer and Fourth of July. I mean, I love, like summer. I like cookouts. I like, you know, you like catching lightning bugs and going to the pool, going to the beach. Yep. But fortunately, that just not doesn't happen all the time. You know, where they make yeah, it once stop. Once you start adulting, that's yeah. the norm. When we were kids, you were in the pool. Yeah, all the time. Seven days a week, if not five days a week, at least. Yeah, exactly. You're at the pool, and you were up until, you know, you, you, well, for us, the kids nowadays aren't like that, but we were outside until it got dark. Yeah, playing you know? games with friends and stuff like that. Riding bikes. Exactly. Yeah. You, you were out having fun, being adventure, adventurous. You yep. know, seeing fireworks. Doing, yeah. You know, it, we were not as free as we thought we were. You, there was a freedom to it. Exactly. And that was summertime time was. It was being free. It was... I think maybe people want to keep that feeling, you know, for summertime, but it's just not something that happens all the time. Like going to the pool, it's great, but then, you know, you've got other stuff going on. It's, um, I miss my summertime, younger summertime, like when I was younger. I'm trying to recap, we're trying to recapture that tonight. Recapture the magic of summertime. 
you know, yeah. through music, trying to put together. We, I talked to you and Austin. Unfortunately, Austin lost power today. Oh, it was no. too hot. I never heard of that happening before. But he That's said a California thing, usually. They have to brown out because yeah. it's so hot and everybody puts their electricity. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that sucks because you know, his grandma's, got, his grandma's doing, got going, doing so well, and uh, she's out with a, out of power, too. So uh, hopefully they get they get that cut back on. But I had talked to you and Austin about um, Rhonda over here, the hostess of the uh, Orion Effect podcast on the Rift Radio Network Nation. And then uh, she is a member of FPRI Paranormal. And uh, yes. if we have time at the end, I'll, list, I'll have to talk about your lockdown. But I want to yeah, get through these songs, yeah. too. So we'll, get, we'll talk yeah, about... Yeah, we need to get to some music. Pump yes. everybody up a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll talk about, throughout, we'll talk about like fourth, what 4th of July means to us and stuff like that. So... All right, so let's find the first song. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, play the first two minutes of the song, and then uh, we'll talk about it. That was No Woman, no, no Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley. That was, uh, do, 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 do. let's see here. It was um, No Woman, No Cry is a reggae, reggae song by Bob Marley and the Wailers. The song was recorded in 1974 and was released on the studio album Maddie Dread. The live recording of the song from the 1975 album Live was released as a single and is the best-known version. Was later included a, on several compilation albums, including his greatest hits, Legend. It was recorded at the Lyceum Theater in London on July 17, 1975, as part of his Natty Dread tour. 
the live version of the song ranked number 37 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. So I we put. You can't hear Bob Marley and not think Summertime. Yeah, exactly. Like, you just can't. Or Andy Happy. Or, oh, I, like all Bob Marley just makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's definitely one of those songs you'll hear at um at like a, a beachside bar, you know, or, you know. At a cookout or whatever, people are yeah. playing summertime music. They'll they'll play um, they'll play Bob Marley, and uh, it just reminds you of summer. Yep. So next one is actually yours. If I can find it. If I can play it. Is it playing? There it is. That was Three Little Birds by, again, Bob Marley. Uh, See, we both take Bob Marley. To me, Bob yeah. Marley is kind of like, and I don't know if this is on any of your list, but there's like two other songs along with Bob Marley. It's when you hear Dock of the Bay or, you know, um, something of that song, that nature. It's just summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, like there are certain artists. Or, or, or the, Under the Boardwalk. It's that's another crazy. one. Yeah. You know, I was talking to you earlier about, um, you know, having a kind of a, a mental block. I can't think of songs. But then, like, once I started thinking about it, it's like the floodgates opened up, and there were a ton of songs that I thought that that would be good yes. for um, for this this uh, playlist we're putting together. So, The Three Little Birds is sung by Bob Marley and the Wailers. It is the fourth track on the side two of their 1977 album Exodus, which is another good song, and it was released as a single in 1980. The song reached the top 20 in the UK, peaked at number 17, popular songs, 
has been covered by numerous artists. The song is often thought to be named Don't Worry About a Thing or Every Little Thing is Going to Be All Right because of the prominent and repeated use, use of these phrases in the chorus. Uh, do, 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 do. The source of Marley's inspirations for the lyrics of Three Little Birds remains disputed. Some believe Marley was using birds as a metaphor for the way Jamaicans had to go to grow cannabis. Some believe the lyrics are partly inspired by birds that Marley was fond of that used to nest and fly next to his home. So that's interesting. I love I love learning these little tidbits about the songs here. Yes, yes. This next song is uh is actually Chris was uh one of Austin's songs. And you can oh, tell cool. Cool. I'm glad you got this in here. This week learn a little about Austin. I although B I N D O. Learn a yes, about yes. What's his name of? Yeah, yeah, it was his name of. <laughs> but then he changed it to Austin. Let's see here. Where is it? Okay, Marley occurs me now. Do, 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 do. So now the order I have them written down on my thing here. I'm going to go ahead and just do this one. electronic music duo Daft Punk featuring American musicians Pharrell Williams and Nile Rogers. Pharrell is actually from Virginia. From Virginia Beach, right? Yes. So there you go. Nice. It is. I, it's the one, so I do far, like this song a lot. I can road trip with both of you. I can road trip with both of you. <laughs> and tell you what, and if someone threw this playlist on uh, at, at a party, I would be jamming. Me too. That, this is, this is uh, a pretty good uh, playlist so far. 
So now we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go for the Fourth uh, of July theme. It is a, it is a um, a song that when I was growing up, there were one of my favorite movies to watch, which is really weird. One of my favorite movies to watch was The Jazz Singer with uh, Neil oh, wow. with Neil Diamond in it, and one of my favorite songs was Coming to America, and I would be back in the back seat. They're coming to America. My sister would be like, today. So, <laughs> love it. And we, you know, we go to Fourth of July fireworks, and they play the song as, as they were doing the fireworks and stuff. We'd all be screaming today. So, uh, <laughs> this is one of one of my personal favorite songs right here. right there. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, on my mouth DR thing, Daft Punk question mark. Hey, this is a summertime remix there. DR. That's this not just Fourth of July song. We're doing summertime songs. That's right. Summertime. summertime. America is a song written in no, I did not. I don't like. I don't really like that song that much, but it is good. It would be a good summertime song. <laughs> America is a song written and originally recorded by Neil Diamond, released in 1980 on the soundtrack album of Diamond's film The Jazz Singer. Very underrated film, by the way. This, I, don't, I haven't seen that movie in forever. The song was a hit single. I Man, I kind of miss the days when you didn't have any. any you can only watch. What was in front of you? You didn't yeah. have like fifty million choices because never you never really watched anything because you have so many choices. Like I could be watching something else right now. 
The song was a hit single in the United States in 1981, reaching number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, and was Diamond's sixth number one of the single adult temporary chart. Contemporary chart. Billboard also rated number 62 a pop single overall for 1981. So, again, another great patriotic song for the 4th of July. Not the last one. Not the last patriotic song we'll, we'll be playing tonight, so just stay tuned. Let's see. Next song will be another one of Rhonda's. Come on at you. This is like summertime in the 1980s for me. It's just like, you know, here, yeah, just takes you back to, you know, when you were a kid and you were, you know, driving with your parents somewhere and they had like Q94 on the radio and the song would come on and it's just like, yep, 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 yep. Exactly, exactly. I can remember me and my girl, you know, my friends that were girls, like just, Jamming out in the song, even mm-hmm. like at a slumber party and stuff like that. It was just like singing to your airbrush, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dancing in front of the mirror, yep. playing, doing air guitar in front of the mirror. <laughs> yep. So yep. Uh, this was actually written by Mike Campbell, the guitarist for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, I did not know that. He wrote it while experimenting with Lynn with a Lynn drum machine. Lynn drum drum machine. That's what it's called. He showed it to Tom Petty, which would have been interesting to have him play it. Kind of, yeah. I don't know if it'd be that much different, but they felt it did not fit with the record. With the record, they were they were they were working on Southern accents at this at the suggestion of the producer Jimmy Lovine, Q94 
Campbell played it for Don Henley, the vocalist and drummer for the Eagles, who wrote the lyrics and recorded the, I guess, I guess uh, Mike Campbell did the, the tune for it, but then I guess yeah. uh, Don Henley actually wrote the lyrics. Um, they re-recorded the song after Henley decided to change the key. So It's really one of those driving songs. Yeah. I put this one in the class, in the class, well, what's that one, Sunglasses at Night? Oh, yeah, uh, Corey Hart. I it's like one of those driving songs. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Some songs are good to sing to. Just yeah, you know, you gotta just uh, not care about what the people what people think and just go go balls to the wall <laughs> and just let loose. Uh, okay, this next one is one of my songs. Um, yeah, okay, here we go. This will definitely remind you of summertime for sure. <laughs> I'd let that one go a little bit longer because I had to get that 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 uh, you know I like mouth that isn't lettuce and tomato yeah. part. I could not cut it off before that that part happened. Now this uh, of course is cheaper in paradise, uh, written by performed by Jimmy Buffett. It appeared on his 1978 album Son of a Son of a Sailor and was released as a single, reaching number 32 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um. Let's see here. Did you do? Uh, do do. There's a story behind the song. Um, I think he wrote it like he was at sea, or he was he was at sea at one point, and he uh, 
he wrote it when he he was thinking about everyone back on on shore eating eating cheeseburgers and uh he was seasick at, in in his boat and uh I wish they would have like the story on on uh on the wikipedia um I'm disappointed I missed throwing up Buffett's song in the mix. Like, how did I do that? It's, I love Buffett. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those, like you said, like, you have so many songs coming at you, so many, like, ideas. Like, Boys of Summer, I never thought of that song. Um, you know, but I grew up on Jimmy Buffett. He was my first concert I ever oh, cool. went to. I've seen him, like, probably 12 times. Uh, and I would be, I would totally kick my own ass if I did not add Jimmy Buffett to the, uh, ultimate summer playlist. Uh, it was between this song and, um, and Volcano, but not realizing it's independence for meat day. I'm totally going against, you know, that holiday. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get a lot of. Hoping we don't get a lot of hate mail from all of those Independence for Meat Day. It's not a song about veggie trays. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, there's no veggie tray in paradise. paradise. That is that is the new uh, the new way uh, vegan rendition of cheeseburger in paradise. Uh, Beyond meat cheeseburger in paradise. Um, <laughs> so again, add a cheeseburger in paradise. Let's uh, add to our ultimate summer playlist here. Let's see. Let's see. Next song will be one of yours, I think. Here we go. That's just a good 
song. The happy song. I can remember that one walking down the boardwalk in Virginia Beach, and it was playing everywhere with my friends. And, like, I honestly didn't even remember who sang it. I just remembered the song, so I Googled it, and I was like, okay, let's put that one on there. <laughs> Len is the is – the, Len. Uh, Len. Give My Sunshine is a song by Canadian alternative rock band Len from their third studio album, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush, came out in 1999. So uh, Mark Constanzo went to a rave during a time when he and his sister, Sharon, had gone several months without speaking. While up, he was listening to old, some, to old disco music with Brendan Koenig and heard the 1976 disco hit, More, 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 how do you like it, how do you like it? Mark decided to loop part of the song's bridge and wrote and composed Steal My Sunshine over the instrumental. The song was recorded on a vintage early 1980s 8-track half-inch recorder. Mark stated that Still My Sunshine did not make much of an impression on him, but Len did not originally plan to release it. The master recording remained under his bed for months. So, that that song almost never, almost did not come out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I didn't realize it had that hook in there, and now I can hear it. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that either. Uh, That's cool. That's pretty Awesome. I'm glad they decided like, to. Uh, stuff in my head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I just kind of like, what do I remember listening to at the beach and doing different things? And I can remember being at the beach one weekend with my girl, and it was like literally any restaurant you went in, it was playing. Yeah. So it's, pretty cool. Uh, it's a good, very good, feel good song for the summertime. Um, so this next song, we're gonna go back to uh, being patriotic. Going back to, we're going back to this cookout. Going back to the fireworks, it's just at, we're at the crescendo now. Every the fireworks, the the grand finale is happening. Everyone's excited, they're waving the flags, and this song comes on, and we just put our hands over our hearts and we proclaim that we're proud to be Americans. If tomorrow all the things were gone I'd work for all my life And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away Proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to 
Yeah. Absolutely. I actually, for the day that would cross my mind, is like, how did I not put that on my list? Because where's Howie Ozell when you need him? <laughs> there was a summer. There was a, a stage built in Kenny's backyard, his mm. brother Kenny's, where there was an air band battle. And that song was played. <laughs> oh, man. I would have loved to get in Time Machine, get in our DeLorean with our flux capacitor, and gone back and check out the air band battle that took place in, uh, in Kenny's backyard. God, that would have been, that would have been incredible. This was a Paradise City written by, uh, performed by Guns N' Roses, featured on their debut album, Appetite for Destruction, and it came out in 1987. This was released as a single in January 1989. It is the only song on the album to feature a synthesizer. A little background on the song. Uh, Guns N' Roses' lead guitarist Slash states that the song was written in, in the back of a rental van as they were on their way back from playing a gig in San Francisco with the band Rock and Riders. He says that the band was drinking and playing acoustic guitars, and he came up with the intro. Duff McKagan and Izzy Stradlin started playing along. Blast started humming a melody when Axl Rose sang, Take Me Down to the Paradise City. Blast chimed in, Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty. Very so, cool. that is very interesting. So, we're going to you now, so I'm going to try to get these through these as fast as possible here. Next song is a fairly new song. I actually heard this in Sheets uh, okay. when I was getting, and I never heard this song before. I heard it, but this reminds me of Summertime, and I figured uh, it would be a good addition to the uh, list.
I love it. It is a good song. It's uh, yeah. it, it's it's got that summertime feel good vibe to it, and I just remember yeah. hearing it. When I was I don't know what I was doing. I just wanted to maybe get some candy for RJ, and it's hurt. I'm like I had to shazam it because it was uh, it was um, very it's very it's very upbeat. Um, it's got that like I said, it's got that summertime vibe to it. You could you could see it playing like in a in a like a beach side bar. Or you know, yes. During they put on a summer summer playlist by the pool. So who was that? It's, uh, it's by the Mowgli's. I, I could not find any, any information about it on uh, Wikipedia. I think it came out during um, during COVID. If I'm okay. not mistaken. Well, it's going on my playlist. I like it. I will definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make a list. Of, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a uh, uh, a list of all the songs, so people can make their own summertime playlist here. This next song is another good summertime song. Pretend I don't live in it Sunshine gonna wash my blues away Had sweet love but I lost it She got too close so far And now I'm lost in the world Trying to find me a better way Wishing I was Deep, deep in the water somewhere Got the blue sky breeze And it don't seem fair Only worry in the world Is the tide gonna reach my chair Sunrise, there's a fire in the sky Never been so happy, never felt so high And I think I might have found me my own kind of paradise Wrote a note, said be back in a minute Bought a boat and I sailed off in it Don't think anybody's gonna miss me anyway Mind on a permanent vacation The ocean is my only medication Wishing my condition ain't ever gonna go away Cause now I'm deep, deep in the water somewhere Got the blue sky breeze blowing wind through my hair Only worry in the world is the tide gonna reach my chair Sunrise, there's a fire in the sky Never been so happy, never felt so high And I think I might have found me my own kind of paradise now this is one of those songs where you're laying, sitting on a chair on the beach. You got a cooler next to you. You see there in the sand. You got a little, you got a little radio, transistor radio next to you, and the song comes on through the static. And you taking a sip out out of your Corona, or your whatever your parents' choice is. Corona with a watch. Yes, uh, it's got to be, got to be. And you watch the either be either by the lake or by the ocean. It's just a very relaxing summertime song yeah. that 
which is a song that makes summer. It is definitely a yes. summertime song. And I will say, if you've never seen Zach Brown Band in concert, you should. Uh, they do. They're very good. I've not seen them in concert, but I will definitely try to now that on that recommendation. <laughs> Knee Deep is a song written and recorded by American country group Zach Brown Band with Jamie Buffett. It was released in May 2011 as the third single from the Zach Brown Band's second major label album, 2010's You Get What You Give. Uh, Co-writer Wyatt Durrett told the website Taste of Country that that he has been a long-time fan of Jamie Buffett. He wanted to write a Beats-themed song, which he did. He paced the first first verse on a breakup. Durrett brought the song to Brown, who helped him complete the second verse and melody. After neither of them could come up with a bridge, they brought the song to Jim, to Jeffrey Steele, who helped them complete it. So, thank you, Jeffrey Steele, for helping them complete the song. What's up, Taryn? How are you? Welcome to the show. We are we're putting together the ultimate summer playlist here. <laughs> I am going to do a goodbye, a goodbye, a goodbye, a goodbye. Uh, to the Blog Talk audience, because our podcast audience, because the show will be cut off here in a few minutes. I usually, the, fa- the past few shows, we just kept talking, and then <laughs> yeah. randomly the, pa- the the podcast just cuts off. So I'm going to go and say goodbye to um, the podcast uh, listeners. Um, if you want to check out their whole show, come on to the Freak House and Paranormal Show YouTube page or my personal YouTube page, Ryan C. Jones. You can check out the whole shebang. You can check out the after party. My favorite word, shebang. Shebang. (laughs) Shebang. Shebang. My favorite word. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I could I could fit that in there for you. You did. did. No, it literally is one of my favorite words. That's literally one of my favorite words. I aim to please here on the freaking awesome uh, paranormal show. Um. So I'm going to do your next song on the after party because it is, it okay. is a little rated R. Next few, some of these songs are, <laughs> are, it's like, you're going into, we're going behind the curtains here. We're going to the video store and we're peeking behind the curtains. <laughs> you know, it's just not for, not for the kids. The kiddies need to go to bed. 10 o'clock. They should be in bed anyways. Right. Yeah. So this next song is actually, isn't actually not bad. Um, but it's a good summertime song. If I could find it. Oh, where did it go? It's up here. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.